It's the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 79, Thursday, March 5th, 2020. That's right, it's March. March Madness is back, baby. The next month or so is my absolute favorite time on the sports betting calendar. Conference tournaments and college hoops started earlier this week on on Tuesday, to be precise. And we have even more starting up over the next few days and, of course, next week where the bigger conferences tip off and we find out who has all punched their automatic bids for the big dance. Selection Sunday is less than a week and a half away. It's all coming with the arrival of spring. There's a nice feeling of renewal in the sports world. Major League Baseball, that season's right around the corner. We've got spring training underway, uh, opening day, and the regular season's later this month. The golf schedule picks up with the players next weekend. And, of course, the playoff races in the, in the NBA and the NHL, those are going on. And European soccer schedules are heating up as well, Champions League. It's all happening, baby, but... College Hoops is my absolute bread and butter, and we are entering that beautiful time of year when we have wall-to-wall college basketball action every single day. Conference Tournament Week is historically my most profitable week of the entire year, and I'm diving in. I've been doing the work, so I'm ready to go this year. Odds makers next week especially are going to struggle to keep up with team news, injuries, and matchups, while we, the betters, get to pick our spots, and there's going to be plenty to choose from, especially next week. And then, of course, in two weeks from today, the big dance begins. Actually, even a couple days before that, if you want to count the, five, the, the first four. But for all intents and purposes, the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament begins in two weeks from today. It's going to come quickly. And, of course, everyone knows how special that opening weekend is. The lines do sharpen up as the big dance goes on, so it's tougher to find value later in the tournament, but there's still going to be plenty of value to be had um, you know, over the next few weeks, obviously, but more so in the conference tournaments, but still in the big dance as well. And last year, I posted every Doggy Juice model lean for, for the big dance for every single game in the NCAA tournament on Twitter. I, I posted those. Um, sometimes the model is just leaning you know, a certain way just by like you know, a couple decimal points. But I did that. I posted that nonetheless, and that uh, finished. Uh, you could go back and, and track those from last March, but those finished 38, 28, and 1 against the spread. That's 57.6%. I will gladly sign up for that again this year if I can do it. I'm obviously not going to be betting every single game. I highly advise against that, actually. But um, in terms of actually you know, finding value, we're going to be obviously – doing a few podcasts during the tournament looking for the value on a, on a game-by-game basis, but I will be looking to post those, uh, at least the Doggy Juice model leans for every single game, just like I did last year. So if you are looking to bet and you've got to have some skin in the game, maybe you'll know at least which way the Doggy Juice model is looking in that particular game. So in this podcast, I'm going to break down the early mid-major conference tournaments and set the stage for all of you on all of those tournaments Um, And then, just like I did last year, I will be back early next week to take a look at the remaining conference tournaments, the Power Five and the other bigger conferences that start midweek next week. And I'm actually going to be looking to be releasing a new Doggy Juice pod earlier in the week from now on moving forward until further notice, mainly because we have a lot of 
obviously the college hoops action. And a lot of that's starting on Thursdays over the next month. Obviously, the big dance will start on a Thursday. The Sweet 16 will start on a Thursday. So uh, I'll be looking to get the podcast out earlier in the week. Uh, just, you know, indefinitely moving forward now. I think I pr- probably works better for my schedule anyway. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'll be coming up with one earlier next week, uh, like I said before. So in this podcast, I will quickly touch on every single smaller mid-major conference tournament uh, that's going on this week. Some have already started, and then we'll have a quick turnaround with another new pod next Tuesday or Wednesday. But first, let's start out with some quick hitters. Illinois sports betting is coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a matter of time now, and it could be any day, and it looks like it's going to be coming any day now. Uh, The Illinois Gaming Board last Friday released... Uh, the names of two more casinos that received temporary uh, operating permits for sports betting, uh, bringing the number of total permits granted to five in total. So last week we had Hollywood casinos in both Joliet and Aurora receiving their temporary licenses, and they joined Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, the Grand Victoria Casino in Elgin, and then the Argosy Casino down in Alton downstate as the other casinos to receive sports betting operator permits. Um, right now, it, it's it's really just a day-by-day basis, but from what I'm hearing, it looks like all systems are going to be set to go at Rivers Casino for all, all of you Chicago folks in Des Plaines. Um, they're going to make an announcement any day now uh, when they're going to be cutting the ribbon and, and opening up their book for bets. Could be within the next few days, but I'm, I'm hearing you know by next week, it should be up by next week, Um, So totally expect that. The time has finally come. This might even be the last podcast I record where there is no way to bet legally in the state of Illinois on sports, which is pretty damn exciting. But um, it's coming. It's coming any day. And it looks like, from what I'm hearing, mobile betting won't be ready for a while. So it's all going to be in-person betting. And even when mobile is ready to go, you'll have to register in person. But talk about perfect, absolute perfect timing because... Like I said at the, at the start of this podcast, next week is my historically my most profitable week as a better. So it'd be great to just get in there right away on that on that week. But clearly the books are, are rearing to go for March Madness. They want all of that handle and all of that buzz that comes with you know betting in, in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to be able to do it, bet legally on sports in Illinois within the next few days, and I will, of course, keep you posted. Be sure to check out, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. Uh, follow Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News uh, to get more of the latest information on when sports betting is going live and when you can actually place a bet here in the state of Illinois. A political betting update. This has been really, really fascinating, and I'm going to caveat this by saying that this is an apolitical podcast, and the Doggy Juice Pod is. We're just in the business of making money. But we saw it on Tuesday, on Super Tuesday, obviously, but even Monday, an unprecedented move on Joe Biden to get the Democratic nomination. Just about a week, week and a half ago, I saw Biden as high as 12 to 1 just to get the Democratic uh, nomination. But you saw a crazy move, obviously. Bernie Sanders was the heavy favorite heading into Super Tuesday, but you saw a little shift and a few major um, candidates like Buttigieg, and sorry, I'm going to butcher some names, Buttigieg, um, he dropped out of the race and a couple others. You saw them endorse Biden. They're all kind of rallying around the more moderate Biden, you know, the establishment is. And 
if you're able to get down on Biden in some of the primaries, um, the betting for you know individual states, you cleaned up, especially Texas, but even more so Massachusetts, out of nowhere, uh, coming in and stealing it from Warren. Uh, I think I even heard Biden was like a 14 to one dog to win Massachusetts. And obviously, you can't bet on this stuff legally in um, in the states, just because obviously it's can't bet on elections in America. But um, but it's still something that the political markets fascinate me. And you know they did back in 2016, obviously with Trump winning as a huge underdog, uh, just going heading into the election day. Uh, but political betting, I think, is really fascinating when you look at you know, other countries and across the pond. I mean, in the UK, more people bet on Brexit uh, than people here in America bet on the Super Bowl. It's just nuts when you look at the handle on political wagering, you know, in other countries, pretty much anywhere in the world except here. So I think that's a fascinating marketplace, and nothing was more fascinating than than the political markets early this week. You saw a crazy move. And now Biden, I'm seeing at minus 500 to get the Democratic nod. I'm seeing, you actually could have scalped it um, <laughs> even like on Tuesday, Wednesday. You could have got Sanders plus 600, I heard, at some spots, and Biden minus 500. But um, you're seeing Sanders as the heavy dog now. Biden is the strong favorite to get the Democratic nod. Um, in terms of actual presidential odds, you're seeing Republicans minus 160, Democrats uh, plus 160, basically that range. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of a straddle by the books there, but you know you can get Biden plus 160 right now to win the presidency and, and Trump minus 160. Um, you can find that at the moment. So it's fascinating stuff. Definitely interesting to uh, to pay attention to. And shout out to Dobezilla, a.k.a. Dobesy Milk, for tipping, tipping me off on a juicy Biden price in May of last year. Uh, just remember that money prints the same no matter what you're betting on. 23-year-old Ben Parley Pats turned himself into authorities earlier in the week. It's been a major news story if you've been paying attention. 23-year-old better who was covered by um, by sports betting analysts like Darren Ravel for hitting a major parlay for big money earlier in the football season. A lot of the guys like Ravel and sports journalists, they took the low-hanging fruit covering this this clown last fall when he actually hit one of those who knows how many he has actually made parlays and they gave him a platform and this kid ended up threatening, get got busted for threatening players on the Tampa Bay Rays and a bunch of other uh, players and other professional teams, threatening them on social media and uh, getting the hammer put down on him here. Clearly though, when looking at this case, this kid has a gambling problem and, um, and honestly, it's just a, pro- a problem better just to begin with. I mean, you always hear all these stories, all these big parlays, um, these lotto tickets and stuff. But I would, <laughs> I would love for them to also report on how many parlay tickets these guys have lost on before hitting one of theirs. I mean, I've, I've covered this from day one on the Doggy Juice Pod. You're not going to win money in the long term just playing parlays, uh, unless you have crazy edge on. It'll be one of the exceptions if you have crazy edge on both or all the legs of the parlay. Then it could be plus EV. But even that is a rare scenario. That's not what we preach here on the Doggy Juice Pod. Parlay betters, simply put, do not win. And when irresponsible reporters, you know, like Ravel, in this case, you know, they grab the low-hanging fruit, they report on this kid, and, you know, hey, won this big parlay, big money, because that's easy clickbait and stuff. That just makes it worse for him and for others. And the moral responsibility by the media members here, I think, needs to come into play. And, I mean, if, if you want to win in the long term, like I've said, check out the Doggy Juice Ten Commandments of Sports Betting. Parlays is not one of them. When these guys are reporting big parlay bets, it just entices more bettors to think that it could be them. 
and they could be hitting the lotto tickets. That's not the way it works. So the American Gaming Association came out uh, this week, clearly in response to this, uh, with with a campaign basically to bring more light on and more attention to responsible betting, responsible gambling. This Parlay Pats guy was bad news. It was bad from the start. And, of course, now here we are. Handicapping the coronavirus, um, it's going to be a factor. You saw Chicago State College basketball be the first team, uh, the first team in, in North America, from to the best of my knowledge, to cancel a sporting event. They canceled their last two games of the season. Uh, but to cancel their sporting event due to the coronavirus, I think there might be other reasons why Chicago State might have canceled those games. But, you know, but they canceled their men's and women's remaining games. And you're seeing European soccer um, soccer leagues, especially in Italy, I think Italy just announced that they're not going to be playing in front of fans for at least a month. And you're seeing other countries follow suit in their leagues in Europe and teams playing in front of empty stadiums in order to uh, deal with the coronavirus threat. It remains to be seen if the Olympics are going to end up getting pushed uh, later on this year in Tokyo. Um, I did hear you could actually bet on that, whether or not they will cancel or move the Olympics. And that was actually the favorite on offshore websites, so uh, just something to pay attention to. But in terms of handicapping the coronavirus, there's something I want to just bring up here because I have heard others today talk about the notion of actually being able to test home field advantage um, because, I mean, it makes sense. If the players in, in Italy are playing in front of no fans, then you should be able to test, you know, it's a good test, obviously short sample size and any of that stuff, but test out how, the value of home field advantage. But I think that's actually really missing some key points that I've brought up in the past. So I'm not going to really you know, belabor this too much, but I've talked about a home court and home field is not just the fans at the stadium. So many people make that mistake. They think that, oh, the, you know, you can give typical three points in, you know, the NBA or even college basketball or the NFL, college football, whatever, for home field, home court. That's not just the fans. And obviously it varies stadium by stadium, but home court, home field advantage also has a lot to do with your familiarity with the surroundings, waking up in your own bed, not having to travel. The most important thing, obviously, travel miles and and fatigue, you know, dealing with traveling, moving hotel rooms, getting out of flights, you know, having to deal with all that stuff and not being in your comfort zone. So there's a lot more that goes into home field advantage, home court advantage than just playing in front of fans. So anybody who's looking for any insights onto the value of home court and home field advantage by looking at some of these soccer games that are about to be played, I urge you not to overreact to any short-term, short sample size results that you might see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Let's move on. For the rest of this podcast, we're going to break down the first wave of college basketball conference tournaments. Everybody's ready to go. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go. And you're ready to go. The mid-major conference tournaments have begun. Some of them started on Tuesday. I urge people, and always have, when you're looking at odds to win anything in the futures odds, so like you know, odds to win a conference tournament, to take a strong look first at doing a money line rollover instead. Almost every single time you're going to make more money and sometimes considerably more money uh, doing a money line rollover. You simply bet a team to win instead of you know instead of betting a team at ten to one odds to win their conference tournament. Take you know one unit to, to win ten units. Take that unit and bet them to win their first game, and then roll over the winnings if they win, along with the original bet into the next game, and keep doing so. There's a lot of advantages to doing that. First of all, you're not married to your bet, so you don't need them to win to cash the ticket. You can get out at any time. Maybe if the line's bad, 
you, you, know, you just want to keep your money in the championship game if they get that far, you could always do that. Uh, but almost always you're going to get a better payout because sports books hide a lot of vigorish in these these futures odds. So that's the thing I'm going to start with here before I even dive in. Um, I, I did not bet any conference tournament futures myself yet. I mean, I, I haven't found any uh, real value that was worth betting on or something that, that would warrant, you know, uh, taking over a money line rollover. But that's a, a strong consideration to take into play, and that goes with the big dance as well, especially this year. It's wide open and stuff. I think you're just better off doing a money line rollover. Um, sometimes I've found in the past that some of the bigger favorites, um, and, and also big favorites where the public you know, loves to bet on, it's like a Kansas, you can make an argument that you're better off taking a future than a money line rollover with a team like that that might attract more public action, so you're not getting any value in the line anytime you're betting it when you're rolling it over. But that's the only real exception I can make. Um, otherwise, you're better off doing that money line rollover. But um, unders in some of these neutral court sites um, is definitely a good way to look, especially early on when these players are are playing in, um, you know, off their normal schedule. You know, early tip off, unfamiliar sight lines. I covered this pretty much in, in pretty good detail last year. If you want to look back into the doggy juice archives, but the notion of of neutral court sites and unders. Um, of course, you always have to ask yourself as a better though, when you're betting something, um, is the market already taking certain considerations into effect with the line that they're offering? So yes, you want to bet these unders, maybe take a look at some of these neutral site unders, but is the market already accounting for some of it in the line? And you already saw that with some of the Missouri Valley totals. Uh, that's one of the worst kept secrets in the handicapping circles that arch madness down in St. Louis, um, unders have been hitting at a crazy rate in that tournament over the past several years. But you saw that today, you know, in the first game at least. I mean, you saw both games actually today on Thursday, both of the opening Arch Madness games. You saw heavy move on the total to the under from the opening numbers. First game already flew over the Drake-Illinois State game, already went over the total. So the market takes the stuff into effect. Um, they, they bet into it. People aren't stupid and stuff. So the book could be out. I mean, there might come a day where actually it's worthwhile to look over first, especially in, in Arch Madness. Um, so always remember, you have to handicap the game first. And once you do that, you have to ask yourself, is the market already taking all these aspects into account with the line that's being offered? So um, with those as our backdrop, let's dive right in to our first conference tournament. And that's, let's start out with the Atlantic Sun. Uh, the Atlantic Sun's all-campus sites that started or all the games we played on campuses. Uh, that started on Tuesday, March 3rd. The semifinals were tonight, actually, as I'm recording this, the championship games on Sunday. Liberty is the team to beat, but they barely escaped Stetson tonight with a four-point win. That might be a wake-up call for them. Uh, they're 29-4 this season. They're the class of the, the conference. North Florida was also a good contender, and actually a team I, I made some good money out of the earlier this year. The market didn't catch up to this team and how good they were, so able to cover some good point spreads in North Florida. But they lost to three-seeded Lipscomb in a thriller just actually just now as I'm recording this, actually. Um, that, that literally was just happening. So it uh, looks like we have our final set. It's going to be Liberty versus Lipscomb in the championship game of the Atlantic Sun, uh, where Liberty is going to be strongly favored on Sunday to win uh, this game, win that conference, and punch their ticket to the big dance where they're going to be a tough out for a top seed in the first round. The Big South, this is also played on campus sites that started on Tuesday, March 3rd as well. The semifinals are tomorrow. Uh, the championship 
is on Sunday, so another team's going to punch their ticket to the big dance on Sunday in the Big South. Radford and Winthrop were the short shots. Uh, looks like Radford had home court um, and lost at home in the title game last year, so they're definitely going to be eager to get it done this time around. Radford has they have a fantastic guard and Jones, their home court advantage, obviously, too. I think that slow pace really that they play really frustrates teams um, like big time. So I think they're going to be looking, especially with their home court, um, they're going to be looking to do that and get to the same spot as they were in last year, obviously. But this time, get through it. I know they lost some, some missed some free throws in that game last year. It was pretty, pretty depressing. But uh, Winthrop, they have been on fire for a while. They're 17-3 their last 20. They have plenty of depth on this team. But they have had a few road bumps lately, but they did drop a shit ton of points in their first game on Tuesday. So Winthrop could be upstarts. And I think this is setting up to be a Winthrop versus Radford game on Sunday, uh, but we shall see. But I think this is going to be Radford's to lose. I'll be pretty surprised if they don't get it done, but this could be a pretty good game between Radford and Winthrop on Sunday. The Horizon League, this one's campus sites before moving on to Indianapolis. This one also started on Tuesday, March 3rd. The championship game is next Tuesday, March 10th. This is a weird setup, a bizarre setup in this tournament. Um, the, the, it's actually reseeded after the first round. Wright State is the class of the conference. They were at minus 140 odds when, before the tournament started to win the whole thing. So they're the odds-on favorite. Uh, they played a really quick pace. They have Love, who's the best player in the Horizon League. Northern Kentucky is the only other team that really has a chance to, to beat Wright State, at least according to the betting odds. Um, in this tournament, you could find them could have found them around plus 240. But, I mean, that, if you're looking for value, that might be the side to look at because Wright State was not playing their best ball down the stretch. Um, I, I really thought that Youngstown State had value at the start of the tournament. They're not a good defensive team but was really making some good hay playing some of their unders uh, later on towards the season. Darius Quisenberry, their sophomore, was on fire. But Youngstown State just is looks like they're about to lose right now as I'm finishing this up to UIC, University of Illinois Chicago. So I think that one's not going to be going on. But it looks like it's going to be Wright State versus Northern Kentucky, a big game to get the auto bid um, in this conference because it's definitely a one-bid conference. Whoever wins that game is going to be probably getting smoked in the big dance uh, when they play. But this one looks to be a two-team race. It's all setting up to be Wright State versus Northern Kentucky, the Norsemen, uh, next Tuesday in the championship game for the Horizon. The Patriot League, this one also started Tuesday. This is the other tournament that started uh, Tuesday, March 3rd. Um, The championship game is on Wednesday, next Wednesday, March 11th. This one's also played on campus sites. This one's rather simple. Colgate, they are the team to beat in this league. I mean, they're by far the best team. Jordan Burns leads the team in scoring and assists. They have two big men who are also productive. They have experience. They have size. They play really balanced style. Um, and, and they're definitely the team to beat in this tournament. They're minus 225 to win the tournament before it started. Uh, not an ideal draw for them, though. The teams that could really give them fits, give them troubles, uh, Boston University, or American, but it looks like I think Boston University actually lost tonight. As so Max Mahoney. So it looks like that. Or no, no, never mind, never mind. So yeah, Boston University—they're four to one when the tournament started, and American was five to one. Those are teams that uh, 
that really could could give Colgate some trouble. Nelson over at American, uh, it's a great talent. He can give them some trouble. And another thing to note is Colgate were swept by Lafayette this year, and they are set to play Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be. I'm actually double checking that right now as I'm recording this, but um, that's going to be interesting because they got swept by by Lafayette. And, they, yeah, it looks like they're playing Lafayette Sunday, so they're going to be eager. It's tough to beat a team three times in one season, but Colgate, the heavy favorites, they're going to have to get past a team in Lafayette that beat them twice this year to get through. So I'm not seeing any value betting Colgate, especially at that minus 225 tourney preflop price, but uh, they're certainly the team to beat out of the Patriot League. The Mountain West in Las Vegas at the Thomas and Mac. This tournament's usually played next week, but they moved it this week. At first, you thought that it was a smart move by the conference just trying to get more attention and maybe isolate themselves, but no, it looks like they're just they moved it because there's some kind of construction convention in Vegas next week, and the hotel prices were were too exorbitant, so they moved the tournament this week. That was why. But San Diego State, obviously, they're they're the favorites, the odds-on favorite to win that tournament. They got past. Um, Air Force earlier today, actually an early scare. Air Force is playing well. I know Air Force covered that game, but San Diego State minus 180 tournament pre-flop to win the whole thing. Utah State was the other short shot. Obviously, there are seed implications, like big dance seed implications for San Diego State here. Uh, it's pretty clear that they're going to get the number ones or one of the number one seeds in the NCAA tournament if they win out and win this tournament. Um, but if they don't get, you know, if they don't win out, then they probably won't be getting that number one seed in the tournament. And the question really becomes, do they even want it? Because it's becoming pretty clear that if they do get a one seed, it's going to be in the East and is a two seed in the West where they have more fans, better than a one seed in the East where they have to probably get paired up against like a a Duke team at Madison Square Garden in the later rounds. Like, no thanks. So you really have to wonder what their motivation is going into this one. And on the flip side, Utah State you know what their motivation is. They're a bubble team. Lunardi, the last time I saw he had them in the tournament. Uh, not that Lunardi take, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to get started on Lunardi, but um, he did have Utah State as the last four in the last time I saw. And Utah State as a bubble team is max motivated to win this tournament. So that's the way I would probably look from a value perspective. Um, but obviously this, is a, this seems to be a two-horse race as well. But there are some teams that can make some noise. I thought UNLV could have been one of those teams. Uh, but they had a pretty big injury to a key player, uh, especially their, their home court at Thomas and Mack. You know, it made a lot of sense, but they actually lost to Boise State earlier tonight. It actually was on Boise State in that game. Uh, so Boise State beat UNLV. Nevada's another team that can make some noise in this tournament. Uh, if you can find a good price on them, especially, you know, they Jazz Johnson, really talented guard who can just tr- just stroke it from, from, uh, from the distance. But at the same time, it's going to be, unless he catches fire and just totally catches you know, San Diego State on an off day. It looks like this one's setting up to be a two-horse race, but Utah State would be the way I would look, at least just from a price perspective. The Northeast Conference, that one started Wednesday, yesterday. The title game is is on Tuesday, March 10th. Uh, This one's played on campus sites as well. This is an interesting league because Merrimack actually won the regular season title and they were picked to finish last to start the year um, by most pundits, which is not a surprise. The reason why is because this is their first time, their first year playing in this league. They're uh, reclassified to Division One, so they're ineligible to play in the NCAA tournament this year, not the other uh, 
postseason tournaments, I believe, to the best of my knowledge. Maybe not the NIT, but I think they can play in the others, the CIT and the CBI. But um, but Merrimack is disqualified from this tournament because the league doesn't want them to win the tournament then. Obviously not have a team representing them in the, the big dance. So Merrimack's not in it, which really opens this thing up. I mean, it was opened up anyway. Robert Morris is the one seed. They're plus 180 to win the tournament. St. Francis, PA, uh, Pennsylvania. They're a two seed, also plus 180 to win it. Uh, that was my pick heading into it. You know, if I had to pick a team with St. Francis, PA, they have really good offense. They're playing really well. They've won, uh, they won eight out of their last nine entering the tournament. And they also choked the title game away um, last year here, um, shooting, I think they shot less than 50% from the foul line, and that cost them. So they're eager to to get to the big dance after blowing it last year. Um, Keith Braxton, he's a stud. Um, he has legitimate NBA potential for this team. I think they'll be hungry to get over the hump this year. So just from a motivational standpoint, uh, St. Francis PA is the way I would look. And watch out, there are two St. Francis's. There's St. Francis, Brooklyn, and St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Make sure you're you're betting on the right one. But that's the team I'm expecting to get out of the Northeast. The Ohio Valley in Evansville, Indiana. That one started yesterday, March 4th. The title game is this Saturday. That one's going quick. Eight of the 12 teams uh, in the conference made the tournament. And, you know, in the first place, and Belmont and Murray State are entering in the semifinals. This is when we have the double bye where Belmont and Murray State um, both have that, that nice little advantage. Um, very weak conference in terms of power rating. You know, this conference took a big step down this year. Um, I think they were ranked 21st as a conference, according to some, you know, Ken Palm, I think was where I saw uh, Last year, they're ranked 21st, but this year, ranked 29th out of 32, 32 leagues. So this conference is not as strong as it has been in years past, but Belmont is still the team on top. It's the team we're used to seeing on top. They're on a 10-game winning streak entering this tournament. Very efficient offensive team. They're minus 150 entering the tournament to to win the, and get the auto bid to the big dance. Murray State was next at plus 225. As I said before, both those teams get a double buy uh, in this tournament. Uh, Tennessee State, I thought, was maybe worth a look, but it looks like they are losing tonight. Uh, they just had to get through too many games to really get there, but I thought they could have maybe been a team that, that could have you know, caused a little bit of strife for uh, for one of the two top dogs. But the only team I really think that could do that now is Austin P. Uh, they could sneak it in. They have Terry Taylor, really excellent star, who who should be an NBA talent. And they also have a guy named Jordan Adams who can score the ball. Uh, very efficient offensive team, but their problem is on defense. They split with Belmont this year, so they have shown the ability to beat Belmont, but it's going to be really tough uh, for them to overcome You know, Belmont, who's going to be coming off that double bye with the extra rest. But Austin P would be the long shot team that I would look at to maybe have a chance to upset Belmont or, or Murray State uh, in, in this one. But it looks like it's all set to be another two-horse race between Belmont and Murray State to come out of the Ohio Valley. The Missouri Valley Conference Tournament Arch Madness in St. Louis. This is one of my favorite ones every single year. It's my favorite mid-major tournament every year. That one started today. The title game is on Sunday, so we're going to be getting that action every single day um, until Sunday when that title game goes down. Northern Iowa was clearly the class of the conference this year. They're the best mid-major in the country, according to Ken Palm but they do have limited uh, quad one, quad two wins this year. They did beat Colorado 
at Colorado, which is a really impressive win uh, earlier in the year. Uh, so probably not an auto bid, though, for Northern Iowa, just based off those lack of quad one, quad two wins. If they make the title game, you know, in impressive fashion here, maybe lose like a heartbreaker, they might have a chance, depending on other bubble teams, to get in the big dance. But they, they certainly deserve to be in the big dance. Um, I have them power rated as a, a top 35 team in the country, or top in my top 40. But, um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is clearly a spot where they're going to be the favorite in Northern Iowa, but there's plenty of teams that can give them trouble. I, I love this tournament every single year, but Loyola, Chicago, obviously they've been there before, and they, they have the tourney experience. Bradley, they're right there as well. They can contend. Missouri State, they were the preseason favorite in this league, but they kind of faded over there. But, you know, they can get some renewed life here and, make some noise in this term. I think they're eight to one to win the tournament. Last year's official doggy juice team of the season, the Drake Bulldogs. Uh, they're in this league. They won their first game earlier today over Illinois state. They're not the same team as they were last year. Um, last year we just had a rare run of, of betting value on Drake and just the market was not catching up to Drake. Uh, not as much the case this year. So, but Drake did get past their first game, but I think Loyal could make some noise here. maybe, you know, give give uh, Northern Iowa a tough time. I know both Loyola and Northern Iowa games went to overtime this year, so you could see another really hard-fought game if those two teams are playing, or depending on the matchup in the title game. But uh, Northern Iowa is your favorite uh, to to come out of the Arch Madness. One of my favorite tournaments of the year. The West Coast Tournament. This one's in Las Vegas at Orleans, the Orleans Casino. This one starts today. The title game's on Tuesday, March 10th. This one's nice and easy to handicap. It's Gonzaga's tournament to lose. Um, you're seeing Gonzaga minus 400, minus 500 in that range to win this tournament. So be sure to shop around if that's what you're looking to do is lay the, the vigorish with the Zags to win it. Uh, BYU and St. Mary's are the other teams with a with, you know decent chance. Obviously the only other <laughs> realistic chance to win this one. Uh, BYU is really coming on strong and especially peaking at the right time right now. They obviously have shown that they can compete with top teams. They have a lot of talent on that, on that roster. So they're a team I really think that can give some or make some noise here. Uh, but otherwise, this one's going to be tough to beat Gonzaga here. And Gonzaga, you know, an outside chance to get the number one overall seed as well uh, in, in March Madness. So um, that's... Obviously, this one I'm not going to handicap this one much more. I mean, Pacific and San Francisco, they've shown an ability to stay with the Zags. Pacific is a very deep team. I think they've run like a 12-man rotation. So they, you know, if they get there, they might be able to do something, but really not expecting much. Uh, obviously, this is going to be uh, pretty pretty surprising if Gonzaga does not escape out of the West Coast. The Southern Conference, this one uh, is played at home courts uh, on campus sites until... They move to Asheville, North Carolina in the latter stages of the tournament. This one starts tomorrow on Friday, March 6th. The title game is on Monday, March 9th. This is going to be an interesting tournament because East Tennessee State is also a fringe at-large team, just like Northern Iowa, like I said before, but uh, they have a better resume. A lot of people think that East Tennessee State is in the tournament no matter what they do here. I am not so sure about that. You've seen those mid-majors get burned before by the committee. Uh, but they do have the pieces to get this done, and I think they will need to win. Bubble teams are going to be rooting hard against them, that's for sure. But Furman and North Carolina Greensboro are number numbers two and number numbers two and three, and Wofford still gets some love, but they're just not the same team that they were last year. So this one's really a three-team race, but uh, it's definitely East Tennessee State's tournament to lose. Uh, if they don't win it, then look for Furman or NC Greensboro.
The America East Tournament, this one's located on campus sites. And this tournament is also spread out over time. Uh, it starts with the quarterfinals on Saturday, March 7th. The championship is next Saturday, so you wait quite a bit. Uh, this one's pretty easy to handicap. Vermont, all day, all about Anthony Lamb. It'll be a pretty big shocker if Vermont does not escape from this one. Anthony Lamb, obviously, stud player in that conference. Uh, definitely professional basketball player talent. I mean, you've seen what he's done in the past, so uh, just look for Vermont to come out of this one, and I really hope that they get a good matchup in, in the... I don't want to jinx them right here, you know, assuming they do make the big dance. I hope they get a good matchup because uh, I would really like to see Anthony Lamb and this team make it uh, make it at least past their first game and, and get one upset in the big dance. The Colonial League, and we only have a few left here to cover. Uh, that's in Washington, D.C. That one starts Saturday. The championship game is on Tuesday. Very competitive conference. Charleston was the preseason favorite to win it. Uh, William & Mary, who's never played in the Big Dance before, they're the number two seed. The top three seeds have won the last 12 years in this tournament. So you would think to just, you know, just hearing that, to throw out anybody that's not a top three seed. But I think this one's pretty damn wide open. I know that... Uh, the guys over at the three-man weave really like Northeastern, and I don't disagree with that at all. They're the sixth seed in this tournament, but they are ranked, uh, Northeastern is the second highest on Ken Palm behind only Hofstra uh, in this league. They have a great coach who does really well in, in this spot. He's plenty of experience. Jordan Rowland, point guard, the recipe for success. They also lead the con- country in free throw percentage. Northeastern, which could bode well for them in close games. So I think that would be the way I would look if you're looking to bet futures, uh, take a look at Northeastern. But they, you know, they're they definitely a team as a sixth seed that can get through here. But this is a pretty damn wide-open tournament. It's going to be a really fun watch over the weekend. The Summit League, formerly the Mike Dom, the Dominator League, uh, that tournament takes place in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Starts with the quarterfinals this Saturday and Sunday. And then the final uh, game, the title game, is on Tuesday, March 10th. South Dakota State and North Dakota State split the league. North Dakota State is the number one seed in the tournament. South Dakota is also solid. Um, Oral Roberts, tons of size on that team. They're also a contender. And Nebraska-Omaha, also they can compete as well. Uh, But I think it's going to be one of those top dogs that I already named that takes home this tournament. North Dakota State was here last year. Uh, they brought, they bring plenty of experience in this in this role as well. San, I was going to say San Diego, sorry, FSD, South Dakota. They also have a lot of experience, number four in the nation in experience. So, would not be surprised if if they can make some noise, South Dakota. But I think you're going to get one of those Dakota teams getting the bid in the Summit League for the Big Dance. And the last one here, last mid-major tournament I'm going to cover is the Sun Belt. This one's on campus sites before. Finishing off in New Orleans starts this Saturday. The title game is not until Sunday, March 15th at Selection Sunday. Uh, So we'll have to wait a bit. So this one's spread out. Very open conference in the Sun Belt. Actually, the difference between Ken Palm ranking and tournament odds is the most scattered in this league. So you really could see anybody taking this one. And a five-seater higher has won this tournament four of the last nine years. Arkansas Little Rock dominated... uh, the Sun Belt um, throughout the season, they're the number one seed, they're the favorite, but they are number one, or sorry, they're number four in the conference according to Ken Palm. Number six at Ken Palm uh, in the conference is South Alabama, and they're the two seeds. So that kind of shows you, 
you know, just how wide of a range and you know, a wide range of outcomes, potential outcomes for this tournament that we could see. Uh, Texas State, they're another team that's in good form. They can get it done. So this one's pretty damn wide open. Uh, not much in terms of futures value. You have to take it game by game, in my opinion, on this one, uh, if you're looking to bet the Sun Belt. But that's going to be a really fun tournament to watch as well. Um, but that's it in terms of the tournament previews. We have a few others um, that tip on Tuesday, which might be before I actually record and release the next podcast. But some tournaments tip on Tuesday. That's the ACC, the Metro Atlantic, a.k.a. the M-A-A-C, uh, the MEAC and the SWAC. Those start Tuesday, and then the MAC uh, starts on Monday, but the next MAC games, the quarterfinals, won't start until next Thursday. So I'll be able to break down the quarterfinal MAC games on the podcast next week. And we will get to those um, other conferences in next week's podcast. As always, though, stay updated by following me on Twitter and Instagram at DoggyJuice. That's going to do it for this podcast. I hope everyone enjoys these games the next few days. Like I said, I'll be back early next week, Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest, with the remaining conference tournaments. Really looking forward to this, everybody. Really looking forward to sports betting going live here in Illinois very soon, right at the perfect time of year. This is it. Hope you're all ready for it. Hope you're all as pumped as I am. Good luck on your bets this weekend, and I will talk to you all soon. Doggy Juice out.